This is Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. I'm David Hooper. This is the podcast about how to grow your audience, spread your message via podcasting, make more money with your message. Bigpodcast.com is the website. I've got a weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday morning, New York City time. It's called Big Podcast Insider. This is the audio edition of that newsletter. If you want that, it's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Every article that I mention here will be linked from that site, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Don't worry about writing it down. I will remind you plenty. Believe me, you will hear that throughout this episode. This is the social media edition of the newsletter. That's going to be the focus for you, growing your social media, connecting better with social media, making more impact. The same thing that you're doing with your podcast, we're going to extend that into social media. Here's what we're going to cover on this episode. The flip an opportunity for you, 15 social media trends, smart marketers, that's you, will leverage in 2023, social media and podcast imperfection. I've got some strategies directly from Facebook that will help you to get more attention for your social media. Also, broken Twitter, it's here. We're going to talk about that. Why smart podcasters always edit their podcast. This is in service of a lot of things. One of them, your social media. Also, your podcasting resume, and I've got some classified ads, products that you're going to want to know about. Build a Big Podcast is brought to you by Riverside.fm, the leading platform to record studio-quality remote podcast and video recordings from anywhere. 70,000 people use it. Big companies use it. Spotify, the New York Times. It records locally to each participant's computer and uploads to the cloud. That means if you've got you and a guy on the other side of the world, you and five people in different locations, you're going to sound great just like you're in the next room. I just did an interview this week with a guy named Gilbert O'Sullivan. You might know that name, old school pop singer. He was in England. I was in Nashville. Sounded like he was in the same room. If you want that same type of quality, this is how you can try it for free. It's riverside.fm. They'll give you a couple of hours to look under the hood, see if it works for you. Super easy. All you do is send the person that you want to talk to a link. They click on it. It opens up in the Chrome browser. Boom, you are good to go. That's at riverside.fm. If you decide to keep it, keep using it. This is a discount code. Big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. The URL, riverside.fm. The discount code, it'll get you 15% off. Big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I mentioned the different things I'll be covering on this episode. Everything I talk about on this podcast has to do with marketing, growing your audience, making more impact on people, spreading your message. And this issue particular I'm focusing on social media. So to keep you from being confused when I go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, you're going to hear this sound. That's how you know it is time to move on to the next article. It's simply a demarcation point, makes it a little bit easier to follow. Let's go. The flip, an opportunity for you. It blows people's minds when I talk about how much money it takes to broadcast in the United States. The piece of paper alone can be tens of millions of dollars. FCC application fees, I've got them linked, by the way. And again, everything is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com if you want to see what it takes to just apply for an FCC license. It is a lot. You need a lot of expensive equipment, and that's assuming there's an available frequency to use. What I mean by that is if you're broadcasting on, say, 96.3, and there's somebody on 96.7, a couple notches up, if they think that you're going to interfere with their signal or take away some of their audience, they will legally fight with you, 
petition the FCC, try to keep you from getting those frequencies. This is maybe getting a little too technical, but the way the bands work, say you've got 88 to 108, that's more or less what the FM frequency is. The better frequencies, especially in the old school, when you had an old school dial, because you had to go up and you had to go back, the better frequencies were going to be in the middle. Those high 90s, low 100s, you're going to hit those more often than you're going to hit 88 or 108. But also, just the nature of how FM radio is broadcast, it is a better frequency to be on. Anyway, that's the kind of stuff that you have to deal with when you want to broadcast via radio. Podcasting is just the opposite of that in a lot of ways. Free hosting via Anchor, free software to record yourself, Audacity, GarageBand, it comes with your computer, $70 mic, USB mic, Samsung Q2U. If you got those things, you are good to go. You do not need a lot of money and you don't need permission to put out a podcast. You don't even need the mic if you've got a cheap phone. Cheap Android phone, I don't know, what are those? 20, 30 bucks, you can use Wi-Fi, stolen internet. <laughs> you don't even have to pay for internet to podcast. My point being, it is very easy, almost free to release a podcast. Is it going to be a good podcast? You know, that's debatable. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should, but you can. And doing this, taking something that was tens of millions of dollars, a lot of equipment, towers, electricity, whatever, and using something with basically what you've got in your pocket, a mobile phone, free software, borrowed internet access if you need to. That's what I call the flip. It's taking something that's done one way and hijacking it to make it work for you. And it works with the content that you produce too. Let me give you an example of what the flip looks like. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let you know what the flip sounds like. Check this out. Memphis band. I say this because their singer has passed away, Omar Higgins. The song you just heard is called Voice of Memphis. And it's not a new song. I'm going to get deeper into that as we go here. But their recording of it, you know, five, six years old, it's been around for a minute. It recently resurfaced due to the murder of Tyree Nichols. A lot of focus on Memphis, a lot of focus on social justice. If you don't know this story, I've got it linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. If you didn't know any better by hearing that clip, you probably think it's just an in-your-face song, hard, fast, punk music, oi music, hardcore music. People describe that in different ways. But you would have your version of that. And it's just a song. A lot of intensity, a lot of energy. It's loud, it's fast, angry maybe. Here's the story of this song though. And this is the hijack. Voice of Memphis, the song you just heard, 
It's actually a modified version of a song by one of the most popular white power bands ever. These guys are legendary in that circuit. And by the way, Negro Terror, three black guys, they took a song about hate, they flipped it, they made it a song about empowerment and diversity. There's a story behind the band's name, by the way. Let me get into that. This is a clip from a documentary on the band, also called Negro Terror, where Omar Higgins explains where the name of the band came from. Elvis Presley was Negro Terror music. Buddy Holly was Negro Terror music. Richie Valens was Negro Terror music. Let me add a little more detail for the people who maybe don't know the history of rock and roll. Without going too deep into this, because I want to stay focused on the flip, let me give you a little bit of background about the record business and about how things used to be, in a lot of ways, how things still are. As you probably know, if you know the history of the South, where I am in Nashville, and really the history of this country, we were a segregated country for a long, long time, and still are in a lot of ways. And there were black stores, and there were white stores, black water fountains, and white water fountains. Music, if you think about old stereo systems, they were sold as furniture. Black people did not shop in the same stores where white people did. People would buy record players, they needed records to play on them. Those records also sold at furniture stores. Well, people want representation. They want people who look like them playing the music that they're listening to. So in the white stores, you had white people records. And in the black stores, you had black people records. Here's what happened, though. White teenagers, they started getting the black people records. They were better. You probably heard Little Richard, right? Tutti Frutti. Every song you had like that, there was a version for white people. Pat Boone did a lot of them. They basically whitewashed any kind of innuendo, sexuality, kind of groove. You know, people said this about Elvis. And this is what Omar was talking about when they said, oh, he's corrupting the youth. Well, imagine in a segregated South, I mean, Elvis was whitewashed. He was like Pat Boone compared to what they thought these black artists were. These folks in the South were so scared of their kids being corrupted by this dirty, evil music. But that's what rock and roll is, right? That's why Christian rock sucks. Rock and roll has edge. And teenagers were getting these black artists. They liked them better. There was edge, there was rebellion. And that's where this name came from. People were worried about teenagers being corrupted. It was a Negro terror that was taking over the white teenagers. Anyway, that's the history of it. It's the flip. It was something that was scary and then you've got a guy like Omar Higgins coming in and he's completely flipping it on his head. That's the flip. He said, yeah, that's me. The big difference is he's embracing diversity, not trying to reject it. I say all this to say that this is the opportunity for you. When you see something that you don't like, you make it work for you. That is the foundation of the flip. Common example that I've seen, I've seen more than a couple of podcasters take negative reviews and turn them into selling points. Got a funny link at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. <laughs> it says, people hate us on Yelp. It's in the window. You've seen these bad Yelp reviews. And sometimes you'll see restaurants embracing that. Come try the fajitas that Ron on Yelp said sucked. That is the flip. It is an opportunity for you. When you see something that you don't like, or you see something that you like parts of, but not everything about, change it, make it work for you. That is the power of podcasting. I'd love to hear how you're using this. Reach out to me at David Hooper on Twitter is a good way to do it. Bigpodcast.com is a way to do it. 
Let me know your thoughts on the flip, how you're doing it. I'm going to continue to talk more about this because I think it's important for us as podcasters to take control. This is what I talk about, flying your flag. We're not worried about what everybody else is doing. We're not worried about what the mainstream is doing. We are doing what we want to do, flying that flag and letting people come to us. Podcasting is empowerment. I mentioned the free software, Audacity. People make fun of me for using it. So I use an Audacity. You got a nice mic, got all this great equipment, great studio, and you're using free software because Audacity means empowerment to me. It's free software. It's the most punk rock thing you can do. I could use Pro Tools like all my music business buddies. Sure. Why? Why do that? Let's hijack it. That's the flip. How are you doing it? Reach out to me and let me know. Fifteen social media trends smart marketers will leverage in 2023. With so much consistent change, it's hard to know the best way to market a business, services, or products on your social media from year to year. And that certainly includes your podcast. I see a lot of predictions when it comes to marketing online. Most of them don't happen. I'm going to run through this list really quickly, give you a couple of highlights, because I think there may be some good opportunities for you. There are 15 predictions here. One, they're talking about user migration from Twitter to LinkedIn. I certainly believe that from a business standpoint, if you're doing any kind of B2B podcasting, you're going to see more action on LinkedIn than something like Twitter. More private networks and AI-enabled content creation. Yeah, that's certainly happening. Chat GPT. Uh, maybe it's a trend. I think it's probably a foundational element that's going to help us do what we do. But it's something like an Instagram filter. Remember when those things came on the scene? We were like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. Then everybody blows it out for a week or two. And that pendulum goes way to the other side of what we had before. Then it resets itself. I think that's where we're going to go with AI-enabled content. Number three, less reliance on major platforms for paid ads. This is a great opportunity for you as a podcaster. People want these micro niches, man, micro influencers. And that is exactly what you are. Four, more unpolished content and personalized interaction. This has to do with micro-influence. This is a great example of the flip. People want something real. And when something gets too polished, there's a tendency to flip that polish on its head and do something the exact opposite. I talked about Omar Higgins. Punk rock really took off in the 70s in the United States. That was a flip from disco, polished pop music. We saw this in the adult industry. Bigger budget pictures, what happened? Amateur videos. Things like Pornhub. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. But if you're looking to know what's happening as far as technology or what's happening as far as trends online, that's a good industry to watch. Number five, a continuing rise in local search. Change local search to hyper-niched podcast. And you could do a hyper-niched, hyper-local podcast. Hyper-local is huge in podcasting, but local, local, local is an opportunity for you. Even more bite-sized content trends. That's number six. Yeah, we're seeing that. Shorter podcast, reels, YouTube shorts. There's an opportunity there for you. If you're good on the mic doing long-form stuff, you can probably get pretty good doing short-form stuff too. So think about that when you're putting your long-form content together. Could I slice this up into bite-sized content that I could repurpose in a different way? Number seven, rapid growth of open-source AI platforms. That's happening kind of everywhere right now. Decentralized open source platforms. I talked about Audacity, open source programs. 
That's a thing. Just be aware of it. Those closed down systems, we're seeing it with Twitter, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. They don't work as well. People want to be able to add additions to something. That's how something gets big. People want to remix it. They want to flip it themselves. So open source is huge. Number eight, social media saturation. Yeah, you're getting there. And that's an opportunity for podcasters because we're going away from social media into real conversations. And that's what podcasting does best. Number nine, more companies exploring TikTok. Maybe. Depends on the market. Depends on the market. Number 10, platform changes that have long-term impacts. That's Twitter. We're seeing it with Facebook, Instagram, switching over to a more TikTok-like format. I think what's going to happen in the future, much like radio, we used to have these big shows that would go all over the country, coast to coast. That is tough on the radio companies. You might've experienced it with one form of distribution for your podcast. Let's say it's Apple. Then something happens with Apple. It's not available. That system goes down. Then everything that uses Apple goes down. When a platform gets too big, you rely too heavily on it. It can certainly have long-term impacts. Number 11, more open and honest communication on social media. Yeah, probably. We're seeing it on Mastodon. Again, it goes from that polished stuff that we had, that slick content to something real. We want real. We want real connection. This pandemic, that has changed what we feel like is important to us. Not for everybody, but for a general audience. A lot of people are looking to connect in a different way. You can do that via your podcast. Number 12, problems emerging on certain platforms. No shit. Twitter, which like I said, I'm going to get to in a minute. Number 13, more third-party social media management. That's great. A unified inbox. I use something called Jufy, J-U-P-H-Y.com. That is super helpful until somebody like Twitter decides, nope, I'm going to take away this API access. Then you're in trouble. But yeah, it's certainly nice when you can get it because there are more social media tools coming online. You're going to find your niche. You don't have to go for all of them. Just go for the ones where your people are or the ones that connect with you. My wife, for example, is a photographer. She loves Instagram. You know, she isn't a videographer. You're not going to find her on YouTube. You're not going to find her on TikTok. She loves still photos. Go to where your people are. If it's podcasting, if it's just audio only, Apple Podcasts, that's great. Google Podcasts, that's great. Spotify, that's great. YouTube, not so much. Don't do it. Play your game. Number 14, a renaissance of the written word. I think so. I think people are going deeper. People are being more inward. We're sick of being bombarded with all sorts of social media stuff. So if you are somebody who loves the written word, who loves to craft something like that, great. Things come and go, man. I'm 50 years old. I've been doing the internet thing since the 90s. I mean, I've seen trends and trends and trends and the thing is cyclical. It's much like fashion. Speaking of my wife being a photographer, there's a model in here the other week. (laughs) She's got platform Chuck Taylors, Converse Chuck Taylors. Kind of the standard high top. They wore them back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I wore them in the 80s and 90s. And I said, are those Chuck Taylors? She's like, oh yeah. I don't know if she knew whether they were old school or not. Platform, obviously a little bit different than what we had in the 90s. But still, what goes around comes around, man. These kids are wearing vans now. We had those things in the early 80s. I was 10 years old, 12 years old. You could customize them from vans. I want the top to be a checkerboard, the left side this color, the right side this color. Social media technology, it's the same thing. Trends come and go. If you want to see what's coming up, look to the past. 
written word, newsletters, books, that is certainly an opportunity for us. Number 15, audience expectations of greater transparency. I think people are looking for real content and real connection with people. They don't like to be lied to. I don't think that transparency means you need to share every single thing about your life with people. I think we see that a lot because I think people want more and more and more attention. To take it back to the adult industry or the acting industry or really any entertainment industry, something you will often see is that people go into a situation and they've got boundaries. I will never do a role like this. This is a line that I don't want to cross. That often changes as you dive into something. This could be because you get more comfortable with something. For example, you might not like video or you might've been intimidated at one time by sitting in front of a microphone and speaking to your podcast audience. Now it's a little bit more comfortable. You do it in a different way. It could be that, that you're simply getting more comfortable with something and these people get more comfortable with their things. It's like, ah, well, it's not that big a deal. But it could be that you have to do things that are more extreme to get attention. And I do think that this is something we need to look at as podcasters. Are we going to play that game that everybody else is? One of them being churn and burn. Everybody else is putting out 18 podcasts a week. And that's the way they're growing their big audience. I need to put out 19 podcasts a week. Do you? That's one way to do it. That doesn't work for you. You're not engaged by that, excited about it. You are going to burn yourself out. And to take this back to greater audience transparency, one of the things that I think that we see is we see people exposing more and more and more of their lives. Here are my income statements. Here's how much I've sold. Here's what I'm eating for dinner. Maybe you're getting more comfortable with that and you enjoy that, but just because everybody else is doing it does not mean you need to do it. That's the flip. Let them share everything about their lives. You don't need to do that. Don't go down the road of changing your boundaries or changing who you are or what you want to do just because it's a quick, easy way to get attention. Say you're selling your house. You know the best way to sell a house? Keep dropping the price. Everybody will buy something for a price. You could sell it today. I could sell any house in the country today if I'm able to drop the price. Do not do that with your content. Do not do that with your podcast. Don't cheapen yourself because that's a quick way to get attention, quick way to get the sale, a quick way to make you think that you're moving forward. Stand your ground, fly your flag. You set the pace. You let people come to you. If you've got a social media podcasting prediction, you think something should be on this list, something that I didn't cover, just comment about this. Reach out to me. As I mentioned, Twitter is a great way to do it, at David Hooper on Twitter. Bigpodcast.com is a way to do it. I've got the full list, by the way. It's linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Social media and podcast imperfection. Meta, formerly known as Facebook. They're saying you can undermine your social media by being too perfect. That statement also applies to your podcast. Personally, I think there's a fine line here. People want something real, sort of. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about transparency and authenticity. You can get a lot of attention by talking about your income statement or I had a fight with my wife or here's what I had for dinner. But there becomes a time when that's not necessarily helpful 
and it's people looking at you. I mean, I don't know if it's like hate listening or just to be a voyeur. You're more of a novelty. I've seen people do marriage podcasts, for example, and they'll say, we're keeping it real. We bring in the real authentic communication. And my opinion on that is, no, you don't. Anytime there's a microphone in the room, it's not the same conversation you would have behind closed doors. It's a performance. But also, are you really helping people? Or is it just a circus sideshow of somebody who wants to feel better about their relationship because their relationship isn't as crazy as your relationship? And there's a comparison element there. It's not necessarily inspiring. There's also the fact of what we consider authentic online isn't actually authentic at all beyond just having a microphone in the room or a camera in the room. There's a lot of polish that goes into authentic content, which I think is fine. It is what it is. I'm not making a judgment on it. I bring it up to say, I see a lot of podcasters. They think content, 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 content. You talk to them every second of the day. Content, we need content. We're doing content. Have eight guys following you around and taping you and you need content. All content isn't the same. All content isn't valuable. So don't think that the hour that you spend walking in your neighborhood, monologuing, broadcasting live, or broadcasting as you're driving your car is going to be as good as you getting into the studio with something that's prepared, bullet points, a script, whatever, editing that and releasing it. Those are two different things, two completely different things. Which one is more authentic? You could argue that it's the time in the car. You could argue that it's the time in the gym or walking or whatever you're doing when you're doing these monologues. That authenticity doesn't make it more valuable. Let me get to the suggestions that Meta has for you. One, they say feature real people such as clients and listeners rather than actors. You know that already. You've got real people on your podcast. Two, embrace the preferred content formats of your listeners. Well, you know that too, at least with your podcast. But do you know it with your social media? I've been joking around about TikTok. Why are you on TikTok if you are a podcaster? Do you think people are coming over from TikTok to your podcast? Probably not. They're on TikTok because they like TikTok. And do you think people from your podcast are going to your TikTok? Probably not. They want that longer format content. They want those real conversations. There is a reason that people listen to your podcast. It is you, certainly. And you could also be on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or Twitter. But it's the delivery that you're able to do because of your podcast, that longer format monologue, conversation, however you're doing your podcast, that people are also connecting with. It is not just you. Number three, offer behind the scenes content to share what you're doing and to create your polished work. I love this. This is one of the great ways that you can actually use something like TikTok or use something like Instagram. I just did a reel for Instagram right before recording this podcast. It was very quick. It took me 45 seconds. I got a new book in the mail called Mastodon for Dummies. I was given a tease to that. That is an example of the flip. We had Twitter. Twitter doesn't work for some people. They are moving to Mastodon. It was in service of this same message. And if you're interested in talking more about this, Come listen to this episode. I'm talking more about it. But it is not something that took a lot of time. It is not a major promotion strategy. It was something that was easy to do. It worked for me and it was a perfect fit. I'm not trying to get a TikTok audience, a Reels audience, a YouTube audience. I'm a podcaster. This is what I do. I focus on podcasting. If you're looking to grow your podcast, by the way, how do I do it? People are always looking outside of podcasting. Stick with podcasting, man. Be consistent with your podcast. Go on other podcasts. Do promotions with other podcasters. People who are already in the infrastructure, in the system, know how to get podcasts, like podcasts, 
bring them over to you. Use that existing momentum. Number four, edit, but don't over-edit. Speaking of over-editing, let me give you a trick. Let your episode breathe, man. Put some pauses in there. People, these super tight edits, these jump cut type edits. I think people are editing on something like Descript where they're editing via text and you can see it in the videos because like somebody's to the left of the screen then somebody's to the right of the screen. They're moving all around. These visual jump cuts, they don't look very good because they break that connection that you've got with somebody or that somebody has with you. Looks like two or three different thoughts that you're smashing together. And people can hear that as well if you don't allow the audio to breathe. Have those pauses in there. Number four, be fun. Make people laugh. In my book, I talk about the different types of podcasts that there are. Informational, for example. And you might think you've got an informational podcast, but that would be more something like the IRS. Here's the form you need to fill out. It's not necessarily entertaining. They're not putting a lot of personality into it, but it is helpful. That's not bad if you're talking about taxes. But what if there are a better way to do it? What if you could do it where it was entertaining, where it did leave people with a smile on their face rather than just the relief of knowing the information? Be fun, make people laugh. That may be the most important thing on the list here. I'm going to break these five things down one more time. One, feature real people such as clients and listeners rather than actors. Two, embrace the preferred content formats of your listeners. Three, offer behind-the-scenes content to share what you're doing and create your polished work. Four, edit, but don't over-edit. And five, be fun, make people laugh. You want the list? You want more information? Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Broken Twitter is here. This is an opinion piece worth reading. Broken Twitter. That was this guy's comment on it. Not me. Do I believe it? Eh, You know, (laughs) I don't think it's as fun as it was a few months ago. I don't know what's going on with Twitter right now. I still use Twitter. I've been talking about it at David Hooper. If you want to reach out to me via Twitter, but I'm focusing just as much on Mastodon. As I mentioned, the author of the Mastodon for Dummies book reached out to me, said, hey, I want to send you a copy of this book. I said, great. I'll take a look at it. I'll promote it because I like the idea of the flip. I like the idea of the hijack. I like the idea of options. I never, ever, ever want a single point of distribution for my message. That's the big thing here. I'm not anti-Twitter. I'm not pro-Mastodon. I'm pro-options. That's why I want you to be able to edit your own podcast. That's why I want you to be able to record your own podcast. This is why I want you to be able to do solo episodes of your podcast and not be reliant on guests or co-hosts or music, a crutch that you've got to have in order for you to get your message out. I did that for a long time. I know how it is. It sucks. It sucks. Man, I got to get a guest this week. Don't have a guest this week. Then you got to start making compromises. As opposed to, I can do a solo episode this week. Yeah, go. What's the topic? Let's do it. That's empowering. And that's my goal for you, to be empowered, spread your message, make money, impact people in a positive way, options enable you to do that. Anyway, if you want this article, Broken Twitter is here. That is linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Why smart podcasters always edit their podcast. (laughs) 
I had a guy when I posted this on LinkedIn, he said, oh, you call me a dummy? Didn't even know this dude didn't edit. I'm not thinking about him one bit. If you don't edit your podcast, I'm not calling you a dummy. Don't get defensive. But smart podcasters edit, and I'm going to tell you why. Number one, editing your podcast helps to improve the overall quality and clarity of your content. I do this quite often. I did this on the last episode. I'm going to do it again. I take the time that I'm at on the raw tape. I'm going to make an estimate of where you are in the finished tape. Right now, I'm at 54 minutes and 37 seconds. My guess is that you are about 30 minutes in on this episode. Because more or less, I'm chopping off about 45% of every single episode that I do. I'm just not that good, man. I'm working through these ideas myself. It's not perfect. And this is after years and years and years and years and years doing it. I just saved you 25 minutes. And that's just on this episode. That is a courtesy to your audience and you need to be doing it. Number two, editing helps to improve the flow and pacing of your podcast, making your podcast more interesting to listeners. We've all heard those podcasts where somebody's like, er, 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 going on and on and on and on. Look, I've done it on this podcast. The first segment about the voice of Memphis, that song, I don't know if it worked or not. Hopefully it did. I was kind of piecing it together based on bullet points and what I wanted to say, working through it as I was saying it. Hopefully it comes out in the edit. That raw tape, not something that I would want to release. Not because I'm embarrassed by it. It is what it is. I don't mind when people hear my mistakes, but I'm trying to make it easier for you. I'm trying to make it more impactful. That's what this podcast is about. It is about having impact with your message. You want to have an impact with your message? Make your message as tight as it can be. Number three, filler words and background noise distract from your message. That's part of editing. Background noise, if there's a siren or something. It's like those jump cuts I was talking about where it takes somebody out of the moment and they're dogs, cars, your wife coming in, dings on the phone. Mm -mm, No, that takes people out of the moment. They're listening to your message, engaged with your message. You know how this is when you're watching television, reading a book, watching a movie. You're like, oh man, this is it. And you forget that their actor is playing a part or that it's an author telling you a story. You're in there, man. That's what you want with your podcast. That's what editing gives you. Number four, editing allows you to fix any mistakes and inconsistencies in your content. That's going to help you and your message to be taken more seriously. If I say something that's wrong, it needs to be edited out because people are going to hear that. Or if I say one thing at the beginning of the episode and I say it another way, you get a name wrong, a pronunciation wrong, that needs to be fixed. You want consistency and congruency in your podcast. Editing will help you get that. Number five, editing can be used to shorten your podcast making it more easily consumable for listeners. Of course, it's easier for you to consume a 30, 40 minute podcast than it is for you to consume a 60 to 70 to 80 minute podcast. Just math, man. And when it comes to social media, what do people want? Short, quick content. When I've got an Instagram reel, I've got 60 seconds. I've got to deliver that message. I don't have 90 seconds. It's like an old school newspaper. You've got one page, get it on there. There aren't two pages and you've got to be good at editing to do that. There's not unlimited time. That has made us lazy. People do email marketing. Well, just send another email. You wouldn't think that way if you've got to print it up and put a stamp on it because it costs you money every single time. It costs you resources every single time. And this is the downside of what I talked about earlier with the flip 
making podcasts so easy. Oh, we'll just do another episode. We'll just do 800 episodes a day. <laughs> That's how we'll build an audience. Yeah. You can do that. It'll be like micropayments. <laughs> that can add up and it's going to get you where you want to go. But it's like these guys that are doing 18 podcasts a week or something just to stay on top of the listenership that they had with six podcasts a week last year. You're working three times as hard, man. Let's find a smarter way to do it, not a harder way to do it. Number six, this is what I just said. Short and tight segments are easier for people to share. And that's not just with social media. That's also the idea. If you can clarify your idea, look how politics does this. Is there a slogan you can put on a bumper sticker? Trump, what's his slogan? We know it, MAGA, make America great again. Joe Biden, build back better. How can you do something similar for your message? By the way, if you're intimidated by editing, you just don't want to do it. I get it, I get it. First of all, let me say that it's going to help you become a better host if you do edit your own stuff because you get real clear on what your mistakes are what your tendencies are to keep doing again and again and again, the filler words that you keep saying over and over and over. It's good for you to edit your own stuff. But if you don't want to, Steve Stewart is the man to talk to. I have him linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. He works with hundreds of editors. He will get you hooked up with somebody who can work with you, not cramp your style, not make the edit too tight and work within your budget. These six elements of editing, what I'm talking about, and also information on how to connect with Steve. That's linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Your podcasting resume. This is a joke. You've got to see it for me to explain it. <laughs> I'll tease it out. It's a guy in a radio studio with a microphone that you would never, ever, ever see in a radio studio. You might have a guess as to what kind of mic that is. You're going to find out newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The joke is about the mic though, just to be clear. A little podcasting humor for you. I try to do that every single week because why? That's what I talked about a minute ago. Be fun, be entertaining. It also builds camaraderie. Somebody else would look at this thing. What's so funny about that? I don't get it. Podcasters, we get it. You've got something similar for your audience. Consider it. Go look at how it's done, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Some podcasting classifieds for you, Swell AI. You can use Swell AI to automate your podcast episode summaries, time-stamped episode highlights, and long-form articles based on the content of your episode. I love this thing. You upload your audio to it. Not only are you going to get a transcript, it's going to give you a long-form article, and I'm talking 1,800, 2,000 words, a nice article for your blog. Are you going to have to edit it? Yeah, you're going to have to edit it. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. How he does it, very cool. I'm going to try to have Cody from Swell AI on the podcast soon. Get more information about it. Free trial, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Audio, thousands of high-quality songs for you to use in your podcast. There's new music added daily. It is quality music. It doesn't sound like an infomercial from the 80s. Corporate training video, you know those keyboards, kind of Casio synthesizer, wah, 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 wah. nothing like that. It's going to make you feel good to put it on your podcast. It's going to sound professional. It's inexpensive. They've got great licensing deals, royalty free. Pay once. Don't have to worry about it. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Hey, thanks for sticking out with me. 
If you want to make sure that you never miss an episode, here's how to do it. Some people call it follow. I'm still calling it subscribe. Either way, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I'm going to make it easy for you to get this podcast, build a big podcast on your phone. However you're listening to your podcast. I don't care. I'm not going to judge you on that. I've got an iPhone button, an Android button, an old school RSS feed, and a QR code that you can scan with your phone. It takes the podcast from my server straight to your phone. You can listen to me at the gym. You can listen to me while you go for a walk, whatever. I will go wherever you go. In your car, I'm there, man, because it's on your phone. And you know that right now you've got your phone with you. You're probably already listening to this on your phone. But if you never want to miss an episode, you do need to subscribe or follow. And that is at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Thank you for listening to Build a Big Podcast. If you want to reach out, you've got questions, comments, do it. Bigpodcast.com is how to do that. And I will see you on the next episode.